Wow, it's Get Animated, the anime recap show from the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed actual Kenny Omega, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed Cobra Juice, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Animated. Yeah, I was. I did have me craving some Cobra Juice. So are you are you a Kenny Omega guy? Like, Here's do you the like thing. Kenny Omega? Kenny Omega is perhaps just the best wrestler in the world like really? he's so incredible at his craft just like as an artist he's he's i don't know that there aren't a lot of people in his and ca- his same caliber mm-hmm. at least certainly working today and so yeah from that from that standpoint like a- anytime you watch him it's just like oh this guy is like incredible this guy's the best uh, I've had the the good fortune to see him in fer- in person a few times, and yeah, he's just absolutely. I would watch him wrestle in, in person a, a few times, and yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, incredible showman, um, great performer, great technical wrestler. I, I, I'm trying. To, it's it's like it's like you just see like a great musician that other musicians revere. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like a, yeah. who who is that? I who would that be today? I'm just not. I'm I'm not quite sure who that who that is exactly so I'm, I'm doing a bad job with my analogy yeah I, I but i know what you mean like i remember when i went to go see when he was alive i saw prince at the forum he prince did like is, a, honestly yes like prince i mean and prince is on his own his own plane but that's the yes. kind of guy it was just like 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 everyone everyone in the field respects him everyone is like holy shit that guy's so good and yeah. uh, wants to work with them and wants to just see what he does and it's an industry where honestly like a lot like not yeah, you've been backstage at, at countless comedy shows. They're they're the they're yes. the people who get up on stage where the other comedians are like, I got to go see what they do. But for most people, it's like, you know, they're just gonna hang out in the back and get high. Yeah, but I also I wonder like if that's like a like entertainment thing only, or if there are people who are like, you got to watch this guy close this account. It's gonna it's unbelievable. Like I, I, if, I bet there is that aspect. Yeah. I bet in other professions there are people who are just like so good at their craft that yeah. other people like admire watching them work. I love yeah, it because I, I think Kenny, I, Kenny Omega is kind of in that tier. I I I I des- I don't know if I desperately want this, but I do. I I have an interest in getting into wrestling, and I think I just need to go see it because it seems like that's the best way to like let it get its hooks into you kind of because i've yeah, tried watching it at show, home yeah. and i do i i've watched it a little bit at home uh last year when i had covid i watched some aew and was really taken by um by mjf i just thought he was so funny oh my god he's so good <laughs> he's just like i thought he, i thought he was like such a funny guy because he was like being just so bitchy to, to everybody and i was like this guy rocks we were but, so yeah. i was with um we talked about the son of Doughboy's Patreon episode, but yeah. me and uh, uh, my Doughboy's co-host Mike Mitchell and our, our buddy Evan Susser, we we got to go um, backstage at a uh, an AEW show in Los Angeles, and that we were just rules. wandering around back there, and we just went, like it was it was like one of those crazy things where they were just sort of like oh yeah you can just sort of hang out and we'd like go around and you know like go up to the uh, 
uh, we were just like at catering and then just like jr was there you know just like, yeah like it, it's just like they were all it was like it was like when bart simpson goes to visit mad magazine <laughs> and he just like sees alfred e newman it's just yeah. like holy <laughs> it's like holy that level shit. of like holy yeah. shit yeah <laughs> uh and uh and so we and we just saw like everyone backstage you know just walking just like Britt baker just like cut like cutting a promo just like in a hallway we're just like walking by but we got to the certain part and we didn't realize where we were and weren't supposed to go and we started walking once one way and we saw that it was like oh this is like where people are like this is like the wrestlers like locker room or whatever like oh and we started walking that way and then we just turned around and we started walking back the other way but mjf was there he was sitting there and he sees us do this and he just yells out marks Marks, Marks. <laughs> he starts calling us Marks, like just like oh in my. character. That's <laughs> it was like it was so, so funny. funny. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be humiliated beyond. It belief, was absolutely, <laughs> absolutely fucking dunked on us. Uh, but it was super funny because he's just that's like really like good. That. I love it. Yeah, that's I. I, I think I got to just go see it. I think something about uh, that happened to me with baseball. Like I got pretty into baseball. Like after just going to a couple games, he was like, "Oh, like can you just actually watch what's going on?" Yes, it's, this is good. <laughs> Right, right. No, I, the, hey, live sports is my favorite thing in the world. Uh, yeah. The that I go to a PWG show. You're here. You're here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Pro Wrestling Gorilla runs. You know, about once every month or so. A lot of the AEW guys work that show. It's like the best live wrestling uh, you'll see, and it, it's uh, you know, it, it just the level of talent you'll see there. I, honestly, it was like I. It was the kind of thing where I saw that, and and me and Mitch have talked about this. Like when we went and saw that for the first time, we were just like, "Oh, Harold Knight is a joke." The, <laughs> the UCB like house yeah. improv team performance night, um, which you and I were both a part of, and yeah. it's just like, "Oh, come see these young uh, improv comedians try, you know, work their stuff out on stage." Yeah, and like the difference between like a bunch of like you know, dudes in flannel shirts, like kind of like, you know, uh, like pretending to iron a shirt or, or like, you know, pretending to like bake a pie yeah. uh, while they're doing some weird character okay. versus like watching someone do like fucking a backflip off the top turnbuckle. It's yeah. just like the, the level of performance is so much higher and also just like they're funny and they're charismatic and they're just incredible and engaging with an audience. So... One of my, because um, I managed the UCB theater as well. Uh, I, I worked the the front, yes, box office basically. For those of you that have never been there and don't care about this, but um, one of my interns was training to be a wrestler, and she was very good, and she was go doing all these events and stuff, and she would come to her internship at UCB and show us these videos of like her training and stuff, and I would just be like why are you doing this? Yeah, exactly, yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> this is legitimately impressive. This is yeah. the coolest thing I've ever seen. What are you... You're replacing a urinal cake like before, uh, you know, I don't want to name a show and like make it seem like I was dunking <laughs> on it. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, before like a stand-up open mic or something, you know, yeah. before just like, hey, this is a... You're, like, why are you doing this, this task to try to get credits to take classes at an improv theater? Yeah. When, Though the skill is transferable, right? Like you're taking improv classes, you could apply a lot of that probably to your performance in in the ring, right? Like uh, I feel like, but they're not pretty. How they're not like super scripted, but like I know that there's like there's beats that they know to hit. So maybe they, is wrestling like Curb kind of then? It wrestling's a lot like Cure, like Curb. Yeah. Um it's uh. It, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing because yeah. it's like 
it it's such it's I think a lot of those I think a lot of wrestlers are like first off are just like funny are just like like funny people yeah. but I think a lot of them have yeah, also yeah you have Colt on the show I'm always like this guy's funnier than all my friends Colt Cabana <laughs> is such a funny dude I think he's also someone who's done some like improv so I think there yeah. is some cross pollination there to your point of people who are like oh like you know whatever I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, take some classes at Second City or whatever or. Uh, or, or the pit or whatever and just sort of like get some reps yeah. doing improv because a big like if you're going up there cutting a promo a lot of times that is just sort of stuff that you're riffing out in the moment and so i think having those skills in terms of just being quick and also just yes anding what else or whatever else is being offered up is is really helpful but yeah every promo anyway. that i've seen like when you see like a promo compilation they're all, i'm like these are the funniest these are so funny yeah they're just good just like guys yelling at each other it's good wrestling rules uh, uh, but anyway yes but enough wrestling nick i got a question for you mm -hmm. what you've been weaving wow what a question thanks for asking matt so i you know look i know i've talked about it a few times on here and i don't want to just belabor it the fact this will be the last time i'll talk about it because i finally finished all of vinland saga wow uh, it took me a little bit to get through the second season the first season i just blazed through the first season i just like burned through in like a like a week and change the second season i think took me like over a month to get through because it's so depressing mm. it's such a bummer so bakoto uh yukimura is the uh the mangaka who who wrote vinland saga and uh apparently in crafting the show the, or I'm sorry, in crafting the source of what became the show, my understanding is that where it gets to in season two, in the season two arc, is what he wanted to do from the jump. But basically, his publisher was like, we can't sell a show. We can't have a series like this. It's not going to sell. Uh, you know, we got to have throw in some Viking action. So it starts off and, uh, you know, the um, uh, uh, the the uh, the protagonist of the show, uh, Thorfinn, is mm -hmm. in the first season is like it's all very dark and grim and depressing and upsetting but it's also like just filled with action this dude's just like basically uh becomes indentured to uh be a, a an assassin for this uh this this group of vikings um and goes around raiding and and killing and pillaging uh, and just ends up in all these sorts of combat scenarios so there's a lot of just like battle sequences this one is and i've talked about this before so i won't go too much into depth but it's like it's basically that he is he uh, and another uh, uh, person who's been enslaved, uh, Anar, are like the two lead characters this season. And they're just like basically working on a farm the whole time. And it's just mm. all about like how like depressing and demeaning um, and how hopeless that way of life was and how there was no chance for escape. And so, like, every like, I'd watch an episode. It's like I can I can't watch another one of these. Like a lot of times, I'll put oh, I'll put on put on an anime before bed, or or just like yeah. any TV. I was like, I'll watch them before bed. And I was just like, this is so fucking depressing. I I'd have to watch like a Jujutsu Kaisen afterwards just to have something else that like didn't bum me out as much. Yeah, and those just, aren't like, always light. <laughs> they're not always light, but they're yeah. lighter than this. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it may have like a may, an episode may end on a downbeat or it, or some some horrible fate may befall a beloved character, but it's not like just an unrelenting punishing sort of 
right. of cadence where it's just kind of unpleasant to even watch. I mean, I think it's really well crafted and overall, like at, at the end of it, I was like, oh, I think this this does do a good job of just sort of like chronicling the misery of life back then. Um and how and, and it does like talk explicitly that like, you know, like, look, your life is life exists to serve the more powerful. And mm-hmm. that happens to basically everyone at every level, unless you're at the very top. You're just your existence is to serve someone more powerful than you. And if you try to go against that, uh, you're going to be punished with death. And that's that's the, those are the rules of that world. Um, and so and it's just all just exploring that. So I don't know how to. I. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Do you I, think, I'd be interested. Yeah, go on. Do you think there's going to be another season? I think definitely because I think this yeah. was this is successful. It's also Mappa, um, and yeah. I think they're gonna. You know, they they probably. I, I would I would guess they'll make more of it. Um, the the manga is very is very successful, and I don't know where it goes from here because I haven't read the manga. But I, I it does seem to end on something of a note of hope, uh, hmm. which is a little bit of a a little bit of an upbeat for a show that is just like generally just so bleak. Uh, but that's what I've been weaving is just like ma- slowly making my way through all of Vinland saga um and uh finally finishing season 2. Uh hey, if you want to watch uh I won't even say it cuz it's horrible. <laughs> I was just wow, like I was, okay. was going to talk about what it's going to say and I was just like I was realizing how fucking awful it was to just describe it verbally. Yeah. And I was like Jesus Christ and that's just a thing that happens in an episode and then it's just like oh they're going to get out of this right? Like oh no. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, uh good to know. Um <laughs> uh I mean, I here's I, I think the issue I I don't want to call it a bait and switch cuz I don't think it's that. I think it's like I think this is the again the story they want to tell, but it's just like you get in with one thing and you get in with season one just, and it's kind of like, honestly, part of season one is kind of dudes rock. And then you get to season two and it's just like, Oh, I guess dudes do not rock. Like it's not, it's not, it's very much not that. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's a very interesting, not quite a one eighty, but just, just flip tonally from the, from the first season. I'm yeah. probably also contradicting something I said on an, on an earlier episode, but I'm just like I'm I'm grappling with this as I as I go through it, and then now that I finally finished it, I feel like I'm I'm perhaps more conflicted about uh, the the gulf between seasons one and two than I was, uh, you know, when I was what earlier in the meat of it. That I mean, that's interesting. It's like I mean, it's cool for a show to like take a swing like that because like I don't know, it doesn't always work, right? And maybe it didn't work. Uh, time will tell like ultimately i guess how you feel about it and then uh what the public reaction will have been to it but i think it's interesting because not every show not a lot of shows do that like not a lot of shows will be like this is what we gave you season one uh season two here's a completely different type of thing like i think that's i don't know I'd, i'd be interested in something like that maybe not in a show that i love love like it'd be weird if like lost was like actually season three is a romantic comedy yeah right that's different it's kind of like if okay if season one of a show was like like you know uh the barbecue challenge and we're just like we're going we're gonna see all everyone's gonna try like we're gonna see all these incredible barbecue dishes and like oh these are the best barbecue ever yeah this is i'm I'm in this is pit masters uh pit masters grill and we're just gonna go through and we're, we're doing all this barbecue and then the second season 
is just a documentary season about a slaughterhouse. Yeah, that's and it's just like we're seeing like, hey, you know, like you like barbecue. Well, hey, you know what? This is where barbecue comes from. You <laughs> like this, what, bitch? Get attached to this pig, and we're just we're gonna watch him be dismembered. Yeah, yeah. They introduced the pig in season yeah. one too, and you're like, oh, it's right. cool. They eat barbecue, but they're still like friends with this pig, and they're yeah. like, actually, we're gonna kill this pig. Yeah, and you're gonna eat it. It's like, oh, it, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of punishing for the viewer, but I also get the I very much felt i think what it was trying to make me feel um all right speaking of big swings let's get into captain Laserhawk, a blood dragon remix episodes three and four right now any any thoughts before we get into these matt um i mean look i know we were sort of joking around last week when we were like i know we weren't joking around we were joking around we weren't joking around about this Mm -hmm. last week we were like this thing had me shocked this thing this this episode i was shocked there are a couple things in these two episodes where I'll say I was shocked. <laughs> I definitely was shocked a couple of times. It's like I put my freaking pinky in a socket or something, electric socket. I was so shocked. It's like I put my tongue on a battery. I was so shocked. It's like I shook hands with one of those with one of those prank handshaking toys. Those joy buzzers, yeah. Yeah. Uh those things, let me tell you something. Call it something else. Those things hurt. Yeah. No joy here. Give it back to Mary Kondo, I say. So it, it opens joy. It sparks pain with electricity. I think it's Marie Kondo. Did you see Mary Kondo? Look, I don't know her. <laughs> I mean, don't call know. her Mary Kondo. She's gonna hit you with a joy buzzer. Oh. Uh, and you know what? I'd say I got rid of some of those other letters because they didn't spark joy. <laughs> uh opens with the episode three, opens with the Eden report. Uh, Rayman is, again, being a, a, a arm of propaganda. He is blaming Dolphin Alex for the kaiju invasion of rabbits. Uh, we see Red, who's getting an on-camera interview with a reporter, showing off his new cybernetic arm, having been uh, dismembered last time. Uh, he says something about Dimension X portal rabbits being interdimensional trash. And this leads to Rayman getting mad at him, and he has like this profane rant back and forth, and then they get taken off the air. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut to an ad for Cobra Juice with free Kenny Omega glasses. And again, it's the it's another real wrestler, just like Cody Rhodes last time, the last couple episodes. Or I guess, I guess it was just episode one last time. Yeah. I guess also, because I mentioned the Cobra Juice. Yeah. If I saw a commercial for that, I would want to try it. <laughs> I would definitely want to try it. So Alex is watching the Cobra Juice commercial on the TV, and it says, "Let's get this party started." Uh, we go to the title. Uh, we go to the title sequence, and we go to S Max, where we are seeing Warden showing the casualties from the Rabbids invasion, and also showing uh, Dead Jade, and basically saying, "This is all your fault. You fuck up like this again, you're gonna be. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna po- head pop your ass." Uh, talks about how Taylor is doing something in hiding at the Cobra Juice factory. And pagan men own the Cobra Juice factory, so they don't know what it is exactly, but, you know, he's up to something. They're told to find Taylor's associates. One of them is a mustached guy named Blake and make them talk. And Dolph, knowing that it's Taylor, is on a quest for vengeance. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, look, this guy fucked him over once. He's not gonna. He's not about to let, the, let it happen again. Right. Uh, so we have this whole... Just basically, like, here's the mission for this week. We go to this kids' show for Eden Kids, 
This is a, a different sort of look here to the animation. This is an animated show within this animated show. Uh, the line works a little thinner, a little bit more of a childish character design, a little bit more simple and impressionistic. Yeah. And it's a song that is talking about the value of animal-human hybrids and what they contribute to the economy. And so... You know, basically just saying, like, this is this is what everyone needs to, uh, you know, everyone should be thankful for this uh, because it's uh, giving us all these products we wouldn't have otherwise. And we hard cut from this to the Cobra Juice factory, where we're seeing that Cobra Juice is being made from Cobra human hybrids who are literally draining their venom uh, into canisters. What this reminded me of something. Well, there's something else. So some other pro like product that's being produced like this right now, like something. for real. No, no, not oh. for real. No, I meant I was like, like the, what from is some it? I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> from from some other work of science fiction or or something. Is it the slurm from Futurama? It, you know what? It was slurm. It was absolutely slurm. One hundred percent. They squeeze it out of the slugs or something, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking about. We've talked about that episode, I think, on this show before. Um, I think one of the great works of of comedy writing in that episode. So funny. Yeah. Such a good, good episode. A great episode. So this is a slurm scenario. Blake is yelling at one of the Cobras who says that, you know, he's having some family trouble, but he's still scolding at him for having reduced production. At this point, Dolph and the crew come in. Uh, they fuck up this, this Blake guy. And they interrogate him. Um, they ask him where Alex Taylor is. He doesn't know. They burn his face with cobra venom. Blake's like, I still don't know. Uh, but he just said he had to make a special delivery. Yeah. Which leads to, they're in the car. Is the team called ghosts? There's something, that's, is that what they're called? They're called ghosts at a certain point. But I don't know if that's like the actual name of the team or that was just like a one-off description. Think it's, it's ghosts because isn't that a... Um... Isn't that one of the Tom Clancy game things? Yeah, it is a reference, but I wasn't sure if that was yeah. like a thing of like that. That's just what they're called in here canonically. But I, I, oh, but yeah, I see. I yeah. guess it is. So they're driving in a car and they're trying to figure out what's going on with the uh, this Cobra juice. They don't know, but they think there's something going on with the free. This is the thing I should have said in the ad for Cobra juice. Again, there's a lot happening here and it's all really, really dense. And they're just, they yeah. just throwing a ton of details, multiple details in the same scene. The show's in the doing ad stuff. for Cobra juice, it's doing stuff the, for Cobra juice that happened earlier. They say you're getting free Kenny Omega glasses as a uh, promotion. And so here in the car, they're like, something's going on with those glasses. Uh, we think that's part of the plot. Yes. The Kenny Omega glasses giveaway. So then we cut to, after the scene, to the Rayman estate. Uh, Rayman is on a high floor. He's chugging booze, and he's taking calls. Uh, he gets call. He's, like, fucking wasted in his underwear. And he gets a call um, uh, from the board of directors, uh, dude in an assassin's cloak. Uh, and he's complaining about he's getting cut off while he was on the air uh, because he was yelling at Red. And basically what this scene all just leads to is that Rayman is being taken off the air. Uh, and then I unfortunately we... just thought of something that I have to say out loud. Yeah, go for it, please. So, Rayman, in his underwear. Yes. Rayman has no arms, no legs, right? Right. Does he have a shaft? Great question. 
I mean, if he doesn't, what are we going with? Does he have like tip and balls? To, is it straight to glands? Right. Yeah. It's just like I that would that's maybe what would be going on. I also didn't know exactly what's going on with the board of directors guy. Like if that's an Assassin's Creed reference, I didn't catch or something. There's like this yeah. four eyed guys. I don't know. He's wearing like an Assassin's cloak. I don't really know exactly what's going on. But then my um, other my other actual um, Rayman question is, do you think? I wonder how far into production they like got to like Rayman being this like this guy and uh and then Ubisoft comes for notes and they're like oh uh you're so you're gonna you're gonna do that with with Rayman and they're like yeah like the episode's already done <laughs> I I I actually am curious about the same thing I I think that they probably this that much was in the pitch and I think they probably were like hey we're gonna use Rayman but we're gonna use him you know but I, I don't know if they knew how yeah. far they were going to push it. Either maybe way, they're not as buttoned up as like some of these other companies, right? Like maybe they're just like, yeah, just go do this. It's like because this is the thing: people are going to be talking about it, so yeah. they're like, oh, like yeah, let Rayman say fuck, like and, and be drunk, right? right? Uh, maybe we see his <laughs> tip and balls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no shaft. No shaft. I, I had a similar, I mean, like, like, here's the thing. I think that that, that element was probably part of the pitch, mm-hmm. but I don't, but maybe the details, they probably were a little vague on. I mean, I had the same, the same thought we were talking last week and I talked about like how just like they unceremoniously, they executed, you know, Jade yes. yeah. and it's just sort of like what Ubisoft, I mean, clearly Ubisoft was like, gave them, gave them the leeway to do that. And I don't know. I just, I, I. I'd be curious internally if there was any debate about that or if they were just like, oh, we love it. It's uh, go crazy. Why not? It's, it's yours to do whatever with. We know it's kind of like a remix and not canon. So fucking whatever. I, 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 I want this to set a precedent and I want to just see more stuff like this. Well, yeah, a lot of companies would be much more protective about the this IP. Yeah. And it's interesting that even this, this even happens within like, like it's just like, like, Disney's treatment of Star Wars, how like yes. Star Wars visions where they're like, well, that's not canon, so do whatever you want. But like other Star, Star Wars stuff, they're like so hands-on and so protective of it to its detriment. Yeah. So yeah, the I, logistical I don't know. hoops it must have been to get Sora from Kingdom Hearts in Smash Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because that has to canonically be something. Like it right, can't just right. be that he's there. But fascinating. However, they they resolved it. I mean, it it, it kind of just fits into what the show is, right. uh, which is very edgy and crass and and um, disturbing. So we get to a lion, a hybrid person is wrestling Kenny Omega, the actual mm-hmm. Kenny Omega. Uh, the team is infiltrating the match against. They're like something's up with those glasses. Kenny put has the glasses on. All the glasses are being distributed within the crowd, and Kenny's brain gets taken over. Uh, he forgets what he's supposed to say in his promo, and he goes up and he kills the lion hybrid. Just yeah. snaps his neck in the ring. Horrific. Just, just absolutely kills um, horrible. And I will say, I wasn't so shocked, but I was I was pretty surprised. Yeah. Uh, spins his head 180. All the glasses get activated. Paige is like the glasses are fucking up their brainwaves. Get them out of there. And the... What happens is that everyone's brains are distorted, including Kenny Omega. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, kill all of them. And they now start going after and killing, attacking and trying to kill hybrids. So this is 
maybe and maybe I didn't establish this clearly enough for people who are listening to the show and aren't or listening to our show and aren't watching the the series. Yeah. So this world has both humans, uh, regular people, and then also uh, a, a hybrid uh, animal people. So it's like you know cow uh, ladies and you know snake men and uh, like lion guy. Like they're they they're humanoid. They're bipedal. Yeah. But they're they have some animal characteristics. It's real. It's real furry shit. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Again, yeah. Buddy. So okay, so Alex is on the jumbotron. He tells Dolph come up on the rooftop. Um, Paige is besieged by mind controlled humans. He's outside. He's trying to hold them off. Uh, Frog is trying to rescue them, um, but they split up, and Frog goes down to the sewers. Because they have to basically disarm this antenna, right? That is yeah. broadcasting the signal that is mind controlling everyone through the uh through the glasses one's on a rooftop one's in the sewers and so they're splitting up uh page is staying on the street to protect the other hybrids so i, I love that he was like i gotta stay here yeah i love it no it's good so laser hawk goes up on the roof and he gets up there and he's like all right shit's about to go down but who's waiting but alex next to a candlelit dinner and he holds up not a gun, but a glass of wine. He's like, sit down. Let's have a chat like old times. He's trying to woo him. He's trying to wine and dine him into submission. And maybe 69 him. <laughs> he might be trying to do that. This show is horny. I just can't believe that. I mean, maybe he didn't think this was going to work. He was just like, I'm just sort of being a theatrical villain. Yeah. But what are we, what are you doing? This that, is the dumbest fucking plan. This is so not, fucking stupid. He already betrayed him. He almost killed him. so much that he's Left like, I'll dead. have a sip. Yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, well, like, yeah, we used to date, so it's fine that I tried to kill you and, you know, whatever. You're, yeah, even if this wasn't a high stakes, killing your friend. Yeah. like, crime thing, this is devious behavior from an ex. Yeah, yeah, very big red flag. <laughs> um, frogs in the sewers. Uh, he catches up with the uh, Cyclops lady and the other former men associates, and Frog does a drop down assassin thing to try to uh, assassinate Gator, but Gator sees him and smacks him and fucks him up. Uh, So that brings us back to the rooftop where Dolph is yelling at Alex for slaughtering hybrids. And Alex says, it's all about bringing Eden to its knees. Revolution is made with sacrifices. And Dolph cuts him off and just starts beating the shit out of him, which is fun. Uh, We cut to... It was such a fun fight. Like a great, like a well-animated fight. I, I loved... The, the animation, the, the swings that they take on this show, it's, it's so fun. I just love the way, uh, I just love how it looks. It looks great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got some it's got some great action sequences. It's, it's well well visualized and rendered. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's fucking him up, call him a piece of shit. Uh, we intercut with the uh, gator beating the shit out of Frog. Yeah. And Frog is like, look, I can blow bubbles and see images inside of him, inside of them. Weird. Uh, thing that we saw in episode one. Everyone yeah. laughs at him. Everyone's like, you're fucking dumb. And he's like, do you want me to blow a bubble and see which of you is going to die first? And then he goes on a flourish, and speaking of well-animated action, he just kills all three of them in sequence. Looks really cool. Absolute legend shit, too. Yeah. It rocked. It was that, what a line. Do you want to know which one to use? And he's French, kind of. I yeah. guess he is French. And he's like, do you want to know which one of you is going to die first? And then he kills all of them. I think it's I think it's uh, the character's French. I think the voice actor is also French. Sacre bleu, très bien. Yeah, uh, I think he's, yeah he's like he's 
He's one of the uh, the Bobby Pills creative director. Uh, okay, so or he is the Bobby Pills creative director. So Paige is on the street rescuing the hybrid refugees. Dolph keeps beating on Alex, um, and uh, Alex is still trying to get him to team up, even as he's getting his ass kicked. And he reaches a point where he pulls the "I love you." Again, bad plan. This is a. This is, it's textbook, just bad vibes. Just yes. bad. You can't but, do that. But also, does he think this would work? Like, to, like I understand that, like, yes, trying to uh, manipulate someone emotionally, but also, like, at this point, it's like, come on, dude. You think he's going to be like, mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. Not No, okay. you, not after what you've done, but I guess maybe he's just that much of a narcissist where he doesn't realize. But we, don't, we haven't seen that much of their their courtship that much of their their time together maybe he did have some sort of like hold on him that we just haven't even seen yet you know yeah maybe we'll get some flashbacks that that illuminate that a little bit either way it doesn't work now because he says i love you he kisses him and dolph just says no and blasts him with his arm cannon just fucking bisects him with a with a laser gun it rocks uh frog destroys the power at just as a as a bunch of hybrids are going to get uh more of them are going to get attacked. Frog destroys the power. The antenna goes down. All the humans who are attacking hybrids come back to normal. Paige lends a helping hand to a, a very sexy cow lady. Um, and then Alex <laughs> is lying dying, but he's laughing. He's like, he, he's in a heap. He's got a huge just crater in his stomach, but he's still just like, this is only the beginning. And this is the kind of thing where I can't figure out this show's political messaging, really. Because it's like, obviously, it's, it's you know, it's it's talking about this fascist corporation as, like, evil. But also this resistance group is using, like, kind of this nativist, ra- racist rhetoric against, you know, hybrids. Um, yes. And so it's like, that it seems like, it, it seems like this weird, and then they were also, like, they're railing against, you know, universal basic income, which is a pretty, you know, kind of leftist utopian thing earlier so i'm like is this kind of like a weirdly centrist show i don't really know maybe it also just isn't really thinking it through that thoroughly but yeah i, yeah. I, I just like I, the political messaging seems a little bit muddled to me um anyway page keeps trying to rescue people uh and uh he seems to get uh blown away because there's cops now are on the scene uh these vr headset cops and they're just like executing hybrids not like wholesale um, Paige is stopping them. Paige gets the shit shot out of him. Yeah. Looks like he takes like 20 bullets. I don't know if he survives. Cops are the same in every reality. <laughs> uh, Laser Hawk is up on the roof and he's like trying to draw the cops fire just to try to get them to stop shooting everybody. Um, but this gets, he gets rescued by Warden uh, as he's laying himself up as a target because she's basically like, you want to get yourself killed. You can do more good surviving. I'm not going to let you do that. And then we get Rayman on the news announcing that Warden is a traitor criminal and blames her for everything. Uh, And as this is playing, we get maybe the most surreal image I've seen in anything this year, which is that Rayman (laughs) is watching himself on the news Mm -hmm. while eating sushi off of the bareback of a nude horsewoman hybrid uh, who is sucking on a lollipop. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? This is some real, like, fucking... 
I don't know what just 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 some some AI generated art that I'm looking at. Yeah, I, I looked up and I looked up the credits in the episode, and I was surprised not to see the name Joker in the credits. <laughs> it's so twisted. Uh, that was really shocking to me as well, and um, not for like in a clutch my pearls sort of way. I was just sort of like that thing you said last week about fun use of Rayman. Yeah. We just didn't even know that we'd even get here, you know? Yes. Just what a, what a, what a surprise. I'm looking at the, I, I got the the image pulled up from the episode, and I was, I think, I guess it's actually a cow woman, because she's mm. got horns, but she is like very, like very sexually presented. Yeah. Well. This is some, some horny furry drew this. Uh, God bless him. <laughs> I, it's just, you know, I think that there's just some, there's just something for everybody, I guess, you know? And and God bless him. And what it what it what a what a surreal image to see. Just like, really strange. Just really strange. And he's also like, what the fuck is this? Because his own likeness is being used without permission. I guess it's an AI Rayman. That's who's the other talking, crazy thing. Who's on the news? And in a way, doesn't this tie into the two sentence horror story? Yeah. He's he's imagine you turn on the TV and you're talking and saying something you never said. Oof, scary stuff. Uh, anyway, on this image of Rayman eating sushi off this nude cow lady, uh, we go to the credits, and that brings us to episode four. That's right. Episode four, titled Episode Four. That's right. Uh, as we begin episode four, colon episode four, uh, we're outside in the wasteland. This is very cyberpunk badlands. The- it's just like another, another just like environment that just seems directly pulled from cyberpunk 2077 yeah all the biomes have been similar you yeah, have new, desert city yeah. and then inside <laughs> <laughs> new wasteland is what it's called and it is a it is basically the badlands from cyberpunk they are out there um warden is out there with dolph and is like i fixed your arm i upgraded your cyberware um and she's like we got to warn marcus holloway uh, Eden's army is going after the new wasteland, but Marcus, or I'm sorry, Dolph doesn't care. Dolph doesn't care to be a part mm-hmm. of Warden's plan to go warn Marcus. Um, and so Warden's like, I'm going to head pop you. If you don't, if you fucking don't, I'm going to fucking head pop your ass. She's, he's like, see if I give a fuck. And as he's walking away, they both get shot with darts from off camera. Yes. And I knew that there was no way that he was going to get a head popped. Right, right. There's still more show. Protagonist. Yeah, they're not going to do that. But I'm sort of thinking right now. I was thinking this when I was watching this. The threat of head popping him. Mm -hmm. He wants to die. Right. And she's like, "I'll do it, but I'm not going to do it because I need you." For some reason, I don't think she can, but I don't know why. Mm. We've seen her do it to people, so we know that it's true. It can be done. Maybe it can't be done for him for some reason. That's storytelling, right? Yeah. It's just, it's like you get to like, I know what has to happen, but I don't know how it's going to happen. And I did, that's, that's very much what happens here. And they both get shot with darts from off camera. And then, I don't know, I, I, again, you said it best, Matt. The show's doing stuff. This show's doing stuff. Uh, POV fades to black. We cut to interior of the cell, which we know. And we see digitized live-action actors portraying the characters that we've seen in animation up until now. So we have this aesthetic shift to super-digitized live-action with Dolph and with Warden 
right before we go to the title card. And I'm sure, if I had to guess, Nick, when you saw this, you probably weren't even shocked at all, huh? Matt, I was shocked. <laughs> okay, because guess what? So was I. That was because really, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. And I I like that as a choice. I think that's really fun. And um, you just don't see that. I don't know. Imagine you're watching The Simpsons, and Homer walks out, and it's Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, it would be. A, hey, it would be a choice. I mean, the, the, and this is like a big fucking choice here, obviously. So it's it, the the aesthetic presentation. It's like it's it's got the look of again. We're, we're everything is set in like you know the it's an alternate reality 1992, and uh, all of the the touchstones that it uses are from that era. So this looks like an early 90s FMB game. It looks like a first gen like PC CD ROM game or like a Sega CD game. It's pixelated. It's got this low frame rate. It's like sub 15 FPS. Um, the wardrobe is kind of janky. It's just like, you know, it looks kind of like stuff they fa- they found or just sort of like, it's like kind of like, you know, medium level cosplay. It's not like the highest, uh, it, it, inten- by intentional, by design, it's not like the highest like quality stuff wardrobe yeah. that they're wearing. And so, but I think this is basically, I was trying to, as I was watching this episode, I was trying to figure out why they were doing this. And obviously there's a story justification, but I think also part of it is, it's just, there's a lot of dialogue that's going on here between these two characters. And I think they were just like, what's a way we can make this look interesting? Yeah. That's so often the challenge of just like shooting something or, or, or animating something is just like, okay, well, these characters are just going to talk for a while. How do I keep this from being boring? How boring to look at? How can you keep this just, just being like, you know, shot, reverse shot of two characters like sitting in chairs? Right. Like, uh, you know, there's the... There are other probably better examples, but there's the Daredevil episode where it's Daredevil and the Punisher on the roof for like an hour just talking about why they do what they do and mm. and how they do it. And it's an interesting episode because the performances are good, but I think so much of that could go wrong. Yeah. Like it could be uninteresting if like the performances were not great or if, you know, it was, it had a bunch of cuts or whatever, but there's like long cuts. It was like a play kind of, I guess. But um, with this... I do agree. If it was just the same animated characters that you saw all the time, you could probably at least look in the direction of your phone, right? Sort of like maybe check out for a second. But right. the fact that it looks weird really caught my attention. I was like, what? what is this choice? Yes, 100%. And I believe, and I'm not sure, but I believe, and I'm, I'm going based off of, of IMDb, uh, profile picks here, but Nathaniel Curtis, who plays uh, Dolph, and Caroline Ford, who plays the Warden, I think they're the same actors in live action. Yes, I believe so as well, which is really fun. Yeah, it is fun. I'm glad. I'm if, if that's what happened, I'm glad they did that. So they they're talking, they bond and share some laughs of their circumstance. Feels like the first time they've just had like a heart to heart. Warden reveals she was born in New Wasteland and. Her goal is to save her people. Uh, she reveals her name is Sarah Fisher, and her dad is Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell. So funny. <laughs> like, in, in, I think that's such a good reveal for the fourth episode of Six. Yeah, Because sure. you need... You need to earn something that stupid. Like, you, yeah. like, because, like, if that was, like, something, I, I mean, obviously, if that was in another show, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? What? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, because it's in this weird uh, Ubisoft show, it's like, okay, yeah, Rayman's, Rayman says fuck. Uh, we killed um, uh, Jade and Paige, um, or, you know, maybe Paige. And then uh, there's this Assassin's Creed frog. This is the daughter of the Splinter Cell guy. <laughs> 
Yes, 100%. Very good. Very fun. So in this reality, Sam Fisher is a double amputee. Um, he uses a wheelchair. Yes. And we get this flashback as she is, as Sarah is describing her upbringing. Uh, Sam is uh, taking, it says, like, say, stay close to Sarah. They are in uh, the city. They're in Night City. What's the city actually called? Um, Eden Town. It, it's Eden, right? Isn't it just Eden? It's, it might just be called Eden. Yeah. Um, but the, so they're in Eden. They're in they're in the Night City reality, and they go up to a secret door in alley. Alley. They say the password to get in, and it turns out that Marcus Holloway was behind them, described as disguised as a vagrant. Lets them in. Inside, there's this underground hackers collective. This is DeadSec. Uh, we learned DeadSec in episode one. Uh, easy thing to forget because that was you know way back in the cold open. Yes. Of the first episode. Uh, they scan Fisher. They learn he used to work for the American government when America existed. We used to have jobs. We used to have hope. <laughs> and we used to have cash. <laughs> now, we don't even have America. Well said. Uh, so, please don't let Kevin Bacon die. Oh. Was that, wasn't, that, wasn't that the joke? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we used to have Bob Hope, Johnny Cash. And what's the third one? Um, Steve Jobs. Jobs. Now we had no hope, no cash, and no jobs. Please don't let Kevin Bacon die. <laughs> so, like, everyone was posting that on Twitter in, like, 2011. I, I like what... So, like, but the, that statement, to me, says... Mm-hmm. This person thinks this is true. Like, <laughs> they're like, like they're making some point yeah, about America. Yeah. They're yeah. sort of like, oh, yeah, we used to have this. We used to have this. and used to have this. Now we don't have that, uh, you know... Because of uh, you know politics or you know my bad politics. Yes, exactly. Um, and because <laughs> nobody, <laughs> we don't have to get into this, but no left leaning person is going to come up with this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, but actually, if Kevin Bacon dies, that means all bacon is gone too, and this is real. Right. Like this, right. is, <laughs> this can't happen. Just following the pattern that like there's a re- legitimate concern we have. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, look. I'm doing what I can to keep him alive, all right? Yeah. I'm doing my best. Hope he has many years in front of him. So he's helping, asking Holloway for help, Marcus Holloway for help, uh, and he Marcus is like, I can ra- erase your subversive status so you can cross the border, despite your connections to America. But then the cops are alerted, and they think Sam's an arc, but it turns out it was Sarah. She was brainwashed, brainwashed by the media, and she alerted the cops through her Rayman button, which she has in her kids, which says to trust Eden even over your mom and dad. So the cops raid the compound, and everyone is taken to a Wasteland VR prison where they are forced to play basically a PS1 crazy taxi. Yes. Uh, and if they make a mistake, they are shocked. The aesthetic here is really fun in this. I think they really get that early th- low-poly 3D. Yeah, I love um, that. And this that segment also reminded me of our old show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we would have played the, the Rayman VR torture game. But like just the um, idea, too, of that punishment of being like we have to play these bad games yes no, exactly no it's like my time working in qa i mean in, <laughs> in the games industry it's like yeah um you know te- textures are a little bit smoother than maybe they would be but I, I think overall it's 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 really well rendered version of that era of gaming so sarah warden explains sarah the warden explains that the prisoners were forced to play the game, forced to play this basically crazy taxi, low-poly VR game um, where they have to make it to certain goals by certain times or else they're shocked. 
uh, receive an electrical shock in real life because that's what actually controls all the self-driving cars and drones mm -hmm. uh, that populate Eden these days. Uh, they're all controlled by criminals who are playing these VR games. So we flash back to Eden Military Camp, or flash forward, but we're still in a flashback of the current timeline, to Eden Military Camp eight years after the initial flashback. Sarah is working out in a military camp, um, and she gets a call from her dad and says, did you get my gift? And she's like, I got approved for cybernetic enhancement. They get in a huge fucking fight because Sam's like, don't do this. Don't get cybernetically enhanced. And Sam's like, look, our values are worth fighting for, and it's my responsibility to make things things right. Uh, and we see that he's in his Splinter Cell outfit overlooking uh, the... Uh, overlooking the the compound, the prison compound, yeah. from where he's sitting, and he is uh, saying that he'll always love. He says that he'll always love her, and disconnects the call. And then the gift that he got Sarah from the trash can, un like unleashes a bunch of gas and yeah. knocks her out, which leads to a really cool infiltration sequence. I guess he, he wanted to knock her out to protect her because he's he's going to have to kill a bunch of fucking people infiltrating this compound. And then we just get this really cool infiltration sequence. Yeah, it's really awesome. Where this, you know, this, uh, again, Sam uh, uh, Sam Fisher is a double amputee, uh, goes through and uh, just uses all these different maneuvers uh, and uh, uses his arsenal to fuck up all the guards. And then he frees a bearded Marcus from the VR simulation, and they escape with Sam writing Marcus like a backpack. Yes. All, all this stuff, I talked through it really quickly, but it's just like a really cool extended action sequence. Really that... cool. And I know that you probably don't do any of that stuff in a, mm -hmm. in a, in a Splinter Cell game, but it sort of made me want to play a Splinter Cell game. Like, I was like, oh, like, why isn't that? There's not a need for that. Like we can't just bring that back. I wonder if they hold up. I'm trying to think what the last Splinter Cell was and if it was any good. Um, Splinter Cell Blacklist. When the hell did that come out? I feel like I heard that one is bad. Um, it's probably a franchise where they did like you know the 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 original one, um, which was like what like Xbox uh, original Xbox era. You know, like, yeah. like that. The like that was like probably the 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 best one, or you know the and then then the later sequels which they tried. It looks like the last it looks like the last one that came out was 2013. So it's been a while. Maybe they could give it another go. Bring him back. Yeah. Or just remake it. Remake the the best one. Matt, not a bad pitch. Why not? Uh, so Marcus has a big beard now. And he's free, he's got him, he gets him out of there, and he gets him into a shipping container mm -hmm. uh, where Sam and Marcus eat together. Marcus thanks him. Sam says his daughter is totally brainwashed by Eden. And Marcus says he's gotta get his he's gotta get DeadSec, his hackers, uh out of the uh out of the facility where they're all still being held in uh, you know, as VR hostages. So after this, we get back to contemporary uh, live action, digitized FMV looking live action, uh, and are hearing this be narrated through yeah. as Sam and Marcus apparently teamed up to lead a jailbreak and then the Wasteland Uprising. Uh, Marcus started hacking the TV channels and Rayman Propaganda responded to that. And then eventually, Eden launches cruise missiles uh, at the Wasteland, and that leads Sarah to question what they were doing. She reveals... Uh, to Dolph, 
that Sam died that day. Sam died in the cruise missile strikes on the new wasteland. Uh, and she died thinking he died thinking she hated him. Um, and as this is happening, as she gets this last reveal, she notices that Dolph's hand and face are not cyber anymore, that he's just got a regular ass hand and face. Yeah. What the hell's going on? Where'd your cyberware go? And she realizes she's not in supermax. And we have another aesthetic break here. Uh, her hands kind of dissolve and her environment dissolves, um, from pixels. And she turns back to her normal look, uh, and Marcus appears and Marcus is, says that they're in an, a VR facility. Says, it's been a while, little Sarah. And then we see that all three of them are sitting inside some sort of wasteland facility, all hooked up to VR. And apparently, he fucking sh- darted their asses and put them in this uh, fucking VR, pr- the VR prison of his own making. Yeah. And let me tell you something, Nick. I was shocked. Matt, I was shocked. Like... Maybe I am just like a dumb guy because like I truly was like what is this show fucking doing to me man like every every episode I'm like what <laughs> It's good the show is good I just can't I, believe I just can't believe how many how many twists and turns that there are that I'm constantly surprised Well yeah I probably should have gotten ahead of the Marcus being behind it when she goes she talks through how like she was he was freed and leading up led an uprising and everything yeah i i sort of clocked and i think it's it's pretty you know it's right there that that they were maybe in some sort of vr reality just based off of the aesthetic shift like a sort of clock like but i did i had no i i assumed it was probably eden behind it i didn't know it was actually marcus but that's where we are we end this episode uh with uh sam and or i'm not sorry not sam uh, Sam is uh, Sarah's the warden's dad. Yeah, we and he's dead. Uh, the end. The episode ends with Dolph, who's alive, and Sarah, aka the warden, uh, in the stewardship, uh, the custody uh, of Marcus, who's got a big beard now. And and let me tell you, I I I, <laughs> I couldn't even guess where we're going next. I have no idea, and I can't. I cannot wait to see how this wraps up when we talk about it next week. I really like, again, if this is what they did, and I think, I think that's, it's, it is what they did. I think I really like the performances of the two leads uh, in the live action sequences. And I think it's the kind of thing of just like, you know, you get so put into a box in uh, the entertainment industry where Mm -hmm. they're just sort of like, okay, this is this thing you do. You do this now. It certainly happens with voice actors who are, you know, actors and a lot of times don't have the opportunity to do the on-camera stuff uh, that, and, and I don't know, I don't know enough about these actors to know if that's true for them or not. Um, but a lot of times don't have the same opportunities to do live action stuff as, you know, as uh, as actors who come from that standpoint and then yeah. get voice opportunities. Um, I'm looking at Caroline Ford's IMDb. It does look like she has some more live action credits. So maybe that's not the case uh, for her, but it is like, I, I do really like that. Um, I don't know. I, I like that creative choice and I think it's cool that they, they didn't recast that and then dub over their voices or something like that. Totally. Yeah. It's super yeah. fun. And um, it, it also makes me think that I, I wonder if the character models were somewhat, like I wonder what direct if they they maybe started with these actors and then stylized the characters around them to some degree. I don't know. I wonder what that process was. 
Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very interested in it. I wish there was like a sometimes these streaming platforms do this thing where they'll like have like a a making of like attached to the um as like a bonus feature kind of of watching yeah. the show. And I would really love one. I would love a a deep dive on the production of this show because I am truly very fascinated by it. Um, in the same way that like I think the production of who framed Roger Rabbit is very interesting. Oh yeah. Um, like just like, just, I want to know about all the red tape. I want to know what they said no to. I want to know who said yes. I'm, I'm fascinated. Yeah. Real BTS of that. This would be great by the way. Cause I had the IMDB for the show up as I was trying to figure out yeah. what's going on with these, these actors. Um, there is a screen cap from here. That's from an episode I haven't watched yet. And that we haven't covered yet. That is so Matt. It's so horny. I don't even know what to Type in to find it. Uh. <laughs> um, but I can't, I, I, I'm sure I'll see it. It's, yeah, we only we'll got see, two I mean, left. We, we've only got two left, and we'll, we'll, I'm, I imagine we'll see this sequence in the next couple of episodes. Uh, so, well, yeah, next week we're going to be talking about episodes five and six, which are episodes five and six, uh, as titled on uh here on get animated and yeah we will pick up all of the chain reactions when we get to the end of the series so no chain reactions this week uh that'll do it for the podcast and uh hey we'll see you next time with a little bit more captain Laserhawk, a blood dragon remix and folks you got animated yeah sorry this has all been a vr simulation oh shit yeah <laughs> welcome to your little vr nightmare bitch <laughs> You got animated and you got Freddy. <laughs>